I mean, there is often high drama in lesbian relationships. There really is. That's why I think we should not, we should be very careful about like delineating what's really damaging and harmful from what's like standard dramatic behaviour for two dykes. <laughs> My name is Kathleen Stock. And I'm Julie Bindle. And this is the Lesbian Project podcast, all the sapphic traffic for anyone who wants a bit more lesbian in their life. How are you, Kathleen? Well, I'm a bit jaded, to be honest, Julie. And that's partly because I was at your house on Saturday and I haven't really recovered from the margarita mix. <laughs> well, you know, I measured it just like they do in proper cocktail bars. I didn't give you a really strong one. No, but I did have eight. Oh, was it eight? Yeah. <laughs> that's maybe a factor. But it was a good lesbian gathering, wasn't it? Yeah. So we had a, well, you 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 organised a do for our... <clears throat> board our advisory board and other and people who've kindly helped us out or work for us so we had lots of lovely food and lots of drink and it was a very nice evening it was but there wasn't much advising going on I have to say <laughs> that's true but that wasn't the point that was the point the point was to uh reward everyone for the terrible reputational damage that they <laughs> they get from being associated with us that's a fair point and it took me 24 hours to clear up afterwards. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. There was a load of Turkish food all over the place. You lot were an absolute disgrace. I was a bit of a disgrace. Um, but anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. What have you been doing anyway, apart from getting drunk at my house? What else has been going on for you? What has been going on for me? Um, well, nothing... Yeah, I mean, I have absolutely no recollection this minute. Nothing exciting, but um, I am going off to Parliament on behalf of the Lesbian Project. And do you spend half of your time there? They're going to give you a peerage soon, you know. Well, that's the plan, obviously. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be talking in a group with um other lesbians about uh lesbian issues to hopefully some parliament across party parliamentarian um meeting so I'm going to talk as I usually do about data and research and how there isn't enough of it about lesbians because we're always being shoved into some bigger group like gay men or bisexual women or queer women or whatever. True enough but you're taking one for the team because this is relentless. What's it like what's the atmosphere like in there when you go to these meetings? Um when I go to the meetings, well, the meetings, uh, I, I've only done, look, I'm not there all the time. I did what I happened to do one a couple of weeks ago um, as part of a book launch. Um, or at least it was a, it wasn't a book launch officially. It wasn't a book launch, but it was a, a, a meeting based on themes from this book. Um, what's it like in the common or in the parliament? It's uh, archaic, isn't it? But that's not, I don't mind that at all. I really like it. I mean, I would hate some kind of modern glass walled, you know, parliament building. I think it's absolutely brilliant walking through all these weird corridors with people staring down at you. And Yeah, you see, I agree. I, I like those traditions and I like the formality of it. And I also like that in court because mm -hmm. yeah. also, I, I often go to, so the Court of Appeal, which is uh, the highest court um, in our land, and, you know, the Old Bailey. The Old Bailey's terrible, 
that's the main criminal uh, court in in London because mm. you've got to go upstairs that are like that and eventually get to the top and there's you're not allowed to take your phone in you're not allowed to take your notepad in you I mean it's really ridiculous mm. court of appeal is much more journalist friendly but the formality in there having to bow having to remember to bow to the judge on your way out and I like, remember um, <laughs> a friend, friend of ours who uh, when she became a barrister and as you will know including our I'm sure um, listeners from outside of the UK our barristers the ones that actually can address uh, the court wear these long black sort of cloaks um, mm -hmm. and a silly wig but again I like the formality I think that it actually means that people just behave a little bit better in court mm -hmm. and it was a really boiling hot day it was the height of the summer and there's no air conditioning in that court. And Sarah took off her cloak just for a bit, her gown, they call it. And the judge looked at her leader. So we have a junior barrister and then we have what's now a KC, King's Counsel, and said, um, excuse me, would you tell your junior that this is my court, not a beach? And can she please... <laughs> put her gown back I mean how ridiculous but even so it was very funny but when she was walking out she then was bowing almost to the floor to make a point <laughs> she did not get on very well with that judge we were talking about um, research on lesbians and we were talking about the lack of research spe specifically mm -hmm. on lesbian lives but there is a little bit of I would say cod research that's just been Really. Yes. So Julie drew to my attention that, um, or you, I don't know, I'm talking about you in the third person. You drew to my attention that um, a film had come out, a short film made by, um, what would you say, men's rights activists? Oh, definitely men's rights activists. Yeah. Right. And yes. they focus on the issue um, of domestic violence against men. By women. By women. And also within this short film, which we will link to, um, it has a section on lesbian uh, relationships and domestic violence in lesbian relationships. And they make some pretty wild claims, don't they? They do. Now, to put this in context, for as long as I've been campaigning against domestic violence, so that's 40 plus years, there have been pieces of research or campaign groups popping up which claim that women um, are as likely to perpetrate or almost as likely to perpetrate violence against their male partners than men are against their female partners. Now, this is quite extraordinary in that we have known forever from official government statistics worldwide, wherever they're gathered, from service providers such as Women's Aid, from testimony across the board that women are by far the most likely victims and men the perpetrators within relationships or so intimate partner relationships or former relationships that doesn't mean to say of course that there aren't women who perpetrate violence against men but here's a clue as to how different this violence usually um, pans out first of all there have been refuges for male victims of domestic abuse 
and not a bed has ever been slept in. They closed down before they were ever used because men tend not to have to escape female partners. Men tend not to um, be seriously injured, except for a few instances, usually where women have responded to his violence. In mm. other words, if you actually define domestic abuse, which it's now come to be uh, known rather than violence, as nagging and um, and shouting and, of course, coercive control, then you're going to get way more men that would define themselves as victims of domestic abuse mm. than would if you called it domestic violence and stuck to that very straightforward definition. Now, I approve, obviously, of um, coercive control, uh, verbal abuse, um, psychological torture, etc., being involved in the definition. Of course I do. And that's what feminists fought for. But it has opened a window for men to say that he is a victim of domestic abuse because she, for example, nags him. Yeah, well, why? I mean, why do you not worry then that that means that the definition of violence has got too broad because it's now being used um, so broadly to include words I mean in other contexts that has become a real problem that and especially in a culture where you get currency from victimhood which you do in this I mean obviously there are real victims and then there are people who want to be victims or who get something out of presenting themselves as victims so haven't we just opened a door to that by expanding the definition of violence against women to include verbal abuse for instance yes we absolutely have and it's a problem but it's also necessary when we look at the specifics of what happens to women such as so 